Are you a current or future physician assistant wanting to learn more about finances? Then join me on this journey to become a PA the FI way. Hi, my name is Kat and I'm a practicing certified physician assistant who will be your host. It took me five years after I started practicing medicine as a PA to thoroughly dive into my personal finances after I discovered the concept of financial independence. I want to use what I have learned to help you avoid some of the financial mistakes that I have made while sharing some of the financial wins that I have had along the way. Join me as we discuss financial strategies to guide you to becoming a physician assistant on the way to financial independence. Hello, future and current PAs. Welcome back to the PA the FI Way podcast. I'm your host, Kat, and I am very excited to review today's topic with you. So on today's episode, we are going to review why I personally chose to become a PA and why I'm passionate about the PA profession and reasons why I hope you consider the PA profession as well if you are not already a PA yourself. So first of all, I would like to share how I was introduced to the PA profession. It is a somewhat entertaining story. It wasn't entertaining at the time, but I would like to share it with you. So back when I was 14, my youth group at church was going to go skiing for an activity. And back then, I was not really a fan of the winter season because it is very cold and I just didn't really like snow for about six months out of the year. So I wasn't really wanting to go skiing and I did not grow up skiing. In fact, that would have been my first time skiing. Well, my mother encouraged me to go ahead and go and have fun with my friends, she said. So I said, okay, fine, I will go ahead and go skiing with my friends because after all, I do like to hang out with them. So I started off my day on the bunny hills because, again, this was my first time skiing. Well, after a few runs, I could tell that my boots were pretty uncomfortable. And so I was renting the boots and the skis from the place that we were skiing at. So I went back into the shop and, you know, said that these boots are pretty uncomfortable. So someone helped fit me to better fitting larger boots. So I went back out, skied a little bit more. And then on the last run of the day, a couple of my friends, they said, Kat, let's go down a bigger hill. Okay, you've spent most of your day on the bunny hill. Let's try a little bit harder of a hill and see how you do. And you know, as most teenagers do, I caved into peer pressure, but I also wanted to have fun with my friends. So I said, okay, sure. Let's try the harder hill on the last run of the day. So we go down this harder run. It was probably very easy for most of you who normally ski, but for me, it was difficult. Again, it was my first day ever skiing. And of course, I'm awful, so I fall. And I fall down this hill, and how I fell was that I started rolling down the hill. Well, because I had requested to get bigger, better-fitting boots, nobody advised me to adjust my bindings when I did that which meant that the skis did not fall off as I was rolling down the hill after my fall. So as I was rolling, the skis were still on my boots. My 
me clearly twisted, and I'm sure you can guess I tore my ACL my first and last time skiing. So when I got up from my fall, a ski patrol came around on a sled, a snowmobile, and offered to give me a ride back to the lodge. Well, for some reason, I guess I was stubborn or I'm not exactly sure why, I said no. And I picked up my skis and I walked all the way back to the lodge with my torn ACL. So later that night after our youth group got back, my mom took me to the ER. And this is where me ending up in the PA profession actually started. So although that day was not a highlight of my life, The provider who treated me in the ER was actually APA. And of course, I was not really with it at the time to recognize that the provider was a PA when I was only 14. But my mom kept it in the back of her mind that the ER provider was kind and caring and very knowledgeable and really seemed to know their stuff. So as it became time for me to start considering which profession I wanted to go into later in high school, my mom reminded me about that incident and encouraged me to consider the PA profession. So that's how I first learned about the PA profession. So although I am clearly highly biased as a PA myself, I truly encourage you to consider this profession if you are a pre-PA student in high school or college. And We can talk more about the benefits of the PA profession and why I think it's a great career. But before we do so, I first want to truly encourage you to consider other professions in healthcare. So first consider various physician career opportunities, such as becoming an MD or DO, which are the two most common physician professions or becoming a DPM or a podiatrist. I also encourage you to consider other APP options. APP stands for Advanced Practice Provider. And besides PA, those other options are Nurse Practitioner or CRNA. CRNAs are Nurse Anesthetists. I also even encourage you to consider various therapy options throughout healthcare, such as physical therapy, occupational therapy, or becoming a mental health therapist, or speech-language pathologist. And there are so many other areas in medicine and the dental field as well that I encourage you to consider, such as becoming a nurse, dentist, orthodontist, pharmacist, optometrist, audiologist, surgical tech, ultrasound tech, respiratory therapist, chiropractor, dietitian, or even a midwife. This list was not meant to be all-inclusive, so please do your research. But more importantly than Googling online, I encourage you to try to meet and talk with people in all those various professions. And besides talking to them, I really encourage you to try to shadow them in their careers. Shadowing them will allow you to see what a true day-to-day is like in all of their professions versus just reading about it online or in books. Now, I completely recognize that the COVID pandemic has been very challenging for so many people, 
And shadowing is one of the areas that it is harder to do nowadays because a lot of clinics or hospitals do have restrictions on having extra people on site. There are virtual shadowing opportunities out there though, so try to be creative and reach out to people. Before I review why I personally chose to become a PA and why I am passionate about the PA profession, I first would like to compare PAs versus NPs, so physician assistants versus nurse practitioners. And the reason why I would like to do so is because these are the two professions that I would say are most commonly compared. And here is a tip for all you pre-PA students out there. You will be asked this question during PA school interviews. Why did you choose to become a physician assistant instead of becoming a nurse practitioner? So let's compare PAs versus NPs to start with. I would say that the main primary difference between physician assistants and nurse practitioners is their training. PAs are trained in the medical model, whereas nurse practitioners are trained in the nursing model. Nurse practitioners do become nurses first, so they become RNs, and then they go on to become nurse practitioners. Now, the medical model and the nursing model do overlap in some areas, but they are different training models. So I encourage you to research about the differences and see which one you are most interested in learning about and becoming aligned with. Right after school, nurse practitioners are somewhat more specialized after their initial training than PAs. This is because nurse practitioners have to select which area they would like to be trained in. There are several areas out there, but some of them include gerontology, family practice, women's health, psychiatry, etc. However, PAs are currently trained in generalized medicine. This means that PAs can go into all different areas of generalized medicine or specialty areas as well. However, I would say that the family practice trained nurse practitioners are still trained very generally like PAs. So again, there are some similarities and some differences. PAs and NPs recertify differently as well. After a newly graduated PA becomes board certified after passing boards, then they also have to retake boards every 10 years. Additionally, PAs have to have at least 100 CMEs every two years to remain certified. After nurse practitioners become certified, they have an option to recertify in a couple of different ways. Currently, they can either maintain a minimum direct clinical practice hours, which is 1,000 hours in five years, and CEs or continuing education requirements every five years. It looks as though their current CE requirement is at least 100 CEs, 25 of which need to either be in advanced practice pharmacology or precepting. Another way that nurse practitioners can currently recertify would be to retake a national certification exam. So unlike PAs, nurse practitioners do not have to retake certification exams after they have initially become certified. So I hope the comparison that we reviewed between PA and the NP route is helpful for you. 
to determine which route you would like to go. Besides being compared to nurse practitioners, PAs are often obviously compared to physicians. So I will review why I chose the PA route and a lot of these reasons align with comparing PA versus physician, but also PA versus nurse practitioner or other areas in healthcare as well. So one of the absolute highlights of the physician assistant profession that might be one of my favorite things of why I chose to become a PA is the fact that the PA profession is very versatile. So before I explain a little bit more of what this means, I would like to review what PAs do and the areas of medicine they can be found in. I've touched on this in some past episodes, but let's just do a quick refresher. So PAs practice in many fields of medicine, and we practice by taking detailed patient histories, performing physical examinations, developing and implementing treatment plans, prescribing medications, ordering and interpreting laboratory studies and diagnostic studies, and performing in-office procedures or helping to assist in surgeries. PAs can be found in many general areas of medicine, such as family medicine, internal medicine, urgent care, emergency medicine, as well as many specialties, such as dermatology, interventional radiology, cardiology, orthopedics, endocrinology, psychiatry, gastroenterology, rheumatology, neurology, pulmonology, asthma and allergy, sleep medicine, OBGYN, pediatrics, pain management, as well as many surgical specialties such as general surgery, urology, plastic surgery, neurosurgery, colorectal surgery, etc. And I really feel as though the emphasis should be placed on the word etc. as although that was quite an extensive list of areas of medicine that PAs can be found in, there truly are so many more areas of medicine that PAs practice in. And essentially, if there is an area of medicine, you will likely find a PA who works in that field. But let's go back to the fact that the PA profession is very versatile. One of the great benefits of this profession is that PAs can start in any area of medicine and can switch to any area of medicine that has a team or physician that is willing to train in the nuances of their specialty throughout the lifetime of their career. This concept is called lateral mobility, which means that PAs have the ability to be flexible in choosing the specialties that they work in and the ability to move between specialties if they desire to do so. For example, although my PA classmates and myself have only been practicing for about six and a half years or so, most of my classmates have been in at least two or more specialties since we graduated in 2014. This benefit of the profession is something that physicians do not quite have the luxury to do throughout their career. For example, if a physician decides that he or she would like to switch from cardiology to dermatology, then he or she would have to go back through another residency for a few more years before they can make the switch. I've always said, who knows what area of medicine that I would like to be practicing in in 10 to 20 years from now. And here's something to consider. Although PA students are exposed to many areas of medicine throughout their rotations, unfortunately, it's just not practical to be able to have a rotation in every single field of medicine before graduating as there are simply too many options. So how can a PA 
truly know which field of medicine that they would absolutely love for the rest of their practicing career. For example, when I was choosing my three elective rotations as a PA student, I wasn't aware of many areas of medicine. Now, perhaps you know exactly which field of medicine you would like to practice in for the rest of your professional career, then perhaps you do choose the physician route. Other reasons to choose the physician route would be if you absolutely want to become an OBGYN provider to physically deliver babies. Some PAs and nurse practitioners do deliver babies in various states, but I would say that the majority of providers who deliver babies are OBGYN physicians. Certainly, though, many PAs and NPs can be found in the OBGYN field in general otherwise. One other reason why I would encourage you to become a physician would be if you absolutely want to be the physician in control of a surgery. To be a surgeon, you have to become a physician. However, as I touched on, there are so many surgical subspecialties that utilize PAs. PAs can assist in surgery, and depending upon their training and the level of confidence that they have instilled from their supervising physician, the supervising physician surgeon may elect to have the PA do parts of the surgical procedure themselves. I hope you can see why lateral mobility is an attractive benefit to consider of the PA profession. Another reason why I chose the PA profession is the fact that the streamlined training to become a PA allows for fewer years in school and less student loan debt. After all, this is a financial podcast. So it was important to me not to be in school forever, nor to have an exorbitant amount of student loan debt. The average PA program duration is 26 months, and you obtain a master's degree after you have already completed your bachelor's degree. This is a fast-paced, streamlined training, but it allows PAs to start practicing medicine in a shorter amount of time than their physician counterparts. A physician attends medical school for four years, again after completing their bachelor's degree, followed by another three to seven years of residency. Although the student loan debt amount for newly graduated PAs is still unfortunately quite high, it is certainly quite lower than most physician loans, partially due to the accelerated training. Less time in school equals less time for student loan debt to accrue. Now, if you were to choose becoming a physician, your income will likely be quite high compared to a PA income. However, the PA income is still quite sufficient. The caveat to this is that there are actually some areas of medicine that a PA could potentially earn more income than a physician practicing in other areas of medicine. It just all truthfully depends upon the specialty and the reimbursement and how many patients that the providers are seeing. But overall, most of the time, physicians earn more than PAs. According to the 2020 AAPA salary report, the national median compensation for a PA was $111,000 in 2019. In addition to various specialties paying more than other specialties, certain states may also have higher incomes for PAs than other states. To accelerate your timeline to reach financial independence, 
consider implementing the concept of geo-arbitrage by moving to a state that typically has higher income for PAs while having a lower cost of living to get more bane for your buck. For example, some areas of California or New York may have quite high cost of livings compared to other states such as the Midwest. Another benefit of the PA profession is that the work-life balance may be great. Now, this is not to say that all PAs have better work-life balance than physicians because this is simply not true. I do believe that some of this is what you choose to prioritize in your life. For example, I want to keep work as completely separate from home as much as possible. So I do my absolute best to finish all my notes before I leave work at the end of the day instead of coming home to work on notes as well. Granted, I currently do not have any kids, so I do not have to rush out of work to go pick up kids from daycare or anything like that, but I do my absolute best to stay on top of my notes throughout the day or even utilize other techniques such as dictation to be able to finish my notes quickly. Work-life balance also is dependent upon your specialty as well as the group that you work with. For example, I currently work in family medicine for a fairly large organization that owns several clinics throughout my state. Both PAs and NPs are fortunate within this organization that we do not currently have to take call in family medicine. The physicians rotate call amongst themselves. I am truly thankful that I do not have to take call. But it is possible that PAs in more surgical-based fields may have to take more call than others. And they may even have to be called in to scrub in on some more emergent surgeries throughout various times of their career. Again, work-life balance is not necessarily a guarantee of the PA profession, but there are options to highlight this as a priority in your life if you choose to do so. Another highlight of the PA profession is that PAs are an integral part of the healthcare team. The PA profession was actually founded by physicians because they found that medics returning home from war had advanced medicine training, but yet there wasn't really a good place for them in the healthcare industry. So the PA profession was born. PAs have always been collaborative team members. Although we currently work with having supervising physicians quote-unquote overseeing us to provide healthcare to patients, There are many current legislative initiatives to try to change some of this because one of the goals of the PA profession is to aid in all healthcare professionals to work together to provide quality care to our patients by removing burdensome administrative constraints. If some of these laws change, PAs will still be collaborative team members. For example, if a PA has a difficult case, they will reach out to a colleague most of the time a physician, to ask their questions. Additionally, in family medicine, PAs will certainly continue to refer to various specialties for medical issues. Now let's talk about some of the myths of the PA profession. First of all, let's address the name physician assistant. Unfortunately, we hear physician's assistant quite often, and there is no apostrophe S in our title because we are not anyone's particular assistant. Another myth that I would like to talk about is that physician assistants are not going on to medical school. 
We get asked so often, so when are you going to continue your training to become a doctor? And then we have to explain, we actually chose the PA profession. Not that we didn't get into medical school and that the PA profession was a backup, because applying and getting into PA school is just as competitive, if not even more competitive than getting into medical school. Another myth about the PA profession is some people may think that PAs cannot have their quote-unquote own patients or their own panel of patients, and this simply is not true. Working in family medicine, I am the PCP or primary care provider of many of my own patients. Another myth is that patients only want to see physicians. Most patients are perfectly okay with seeing PAs or nurse practitioners instead of physicians. Another myth is that hiring a PA costs too much money due to the supervision requirements. However, studies have shown that having PAs actually reduces costs for practices while increasing access to high-quality care. For example, PAs and NPs are probably one of the best deals out there for medical practices to have because although we can do almost as much as physicians, if not just as much depending upon the specialty, our pay is usually around 50% if not a little higher than that, of our physician colleagues, although insurances do reimburse 85% up to 100% of what they reimburse physicians as. Another myth about PAs is that the physician needs to be on site where the PA is working. This is not true as well, as the physician needs to be simply available for questions. So whether that would be through a phone call or other electronic means. I hope you can see why I absolutely am passionate about the PA profession. It truly is an excellent career. The BLS, or Bureau of Labor Statistics, has reported that the expected growth of the PA profession from 2019 to 2029 is 31%, which is much faster than the average for all occupations. I hope you can see the benefits of this profession, but again, I really encourage you to consider so many other healthcare options out there when you are trying to figure out what you would like your career to be in. A lot of this information can be found in the article titled Why PA? Why I'm Passionate About the PA Profession at my website, pathefiway.com. So I encourage you to head over there, read the article, and comment why you have chosen the PA profession for you if you are currently a practicing PA or why you are considering the PA profession if you are a pre-PA. You can also take a look around the site at other articles that I've written and then I really encourage you to sign up to receive notifications about future posts on my website as well. Thank you for tuning in, and I hope that you decide to continue to join me along this journey of becoming a PA the FI way. Please take a moment to press the subscribe button on the platform that you are listening to this on, but more importantly, consider sharing with another current or future PA that could benefit from the information that we reviewed in this episode. Take care and have a great rest of your day. Until next time.